0: Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Trying to just grab all, grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know, whatever. You're taking shots at the unathletic, arthritic, old alligator. I can't find anything now! I'm a feeble old buffoon!
0: It's time for Cofield and Company. With Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas,
1: it is Cofield and Company on this Thursday, live from Silver 7s. Come on by, say hello. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez down here. Steve Cofield will be along shortly. Does that mean it's Hill and the homies? Well, I mean Steve will be here soon. He's a it's guest. Not like a whole show. He's a guest. He's on for like two hours. I don't think he's a guest. He's a guest. That's Willie Ramirez, as you can as you can hear down here at silver sevens as we said come on by flamingo and paradise is your spot the bar here is incredible hanging out watching the games william hill sports book as well
2: the prizes we have
1: here today are pretty good there you go got tickets
2: for some garth brooks thing we got tickets sticks we got some top golf Wow, We got some iHeart mac and cheese coupons. We got some You know, be running Rebel tickets. Can I just say that whenever Mateo's on as the engineer, like he prides himself in dressing up our 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 booth. Like sure. I showed up and he had he was folding the, the shirts and got the, the each station's got the hand sanitizer. I mean, the dude takes pride in his job. No question.
1: Some people just throw a headphone, microphone, say, here, go to work. Well, and the bar is not very hot. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I look back at the bar. <laughs> wait, 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 potatoes! I'm kidding. Kidding. Love,
1: love all of all of the engineers that hang out here with us. Uh, VGK game <laughs> will be on shortly as they continue this road trip. Uh, we could also have breaking news in Raiderland. very soon. We're not sure. Oh boy, we're monitoring that potential development as well. Uh, so much to get into. So let's get started.
0: It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA.
1: So let's start with the aforementioned Golden Knights. They hit the road in the suburbs of Miami, somewhere north Davey. of Miami against the Florida Panthers. Been there. You been there? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, I lived right around there when I was a kid. I lived in Plantation. It
1: was right near Davie. Okay. Um... I've been down there to the arena, which is just in a mall, basically. Okay. Uh, Just like down in Arizona. Uh, Golden Knights against the Panthers. The the very good Panthers. Knights already have three points on this road trip. This was, on paper, just a brutal stretch of games. Robin Leonard bails them out in game one. The offense rallies with two late goals to force overtime in game two and and get a point behind Laurent Brassois. Brassois. The Golden Knights continue that trip, but... Even if they lose the next two, to take three points off this trip is already a win. Yeah, they got a tough one tonight just because of how well Florida's
2: played, and this is their first game back. The only thing I will say is they're they coming off a West Coast trip out of the um, – I mean, Seattle's right there on the border, but mainly um, up in Canada, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Seattle, Winnipeg. And what are they? They're on a uh, an 11-2-1 run. 11-2-1, and, and Florida has been one of the surprises, if not the biggest, in the NHL, I have to say. I mean, realistically, overall, from start to finish, start to where we're at, um, Florida's just been playing well. And um, like I said, they, they got two games at home, Vancouver, uh, Vegas and San Jose, and then they're back on the road. So, I mean, it's, it's almost like – and I think I would think that when you come home from a road trip and Vegas is on deck – it's like you're fired up for that. You know what I mean? Like it would be different. I, it, it would be different, almost from a betting standpoint. Let's say they came home to play Seattle. Like would, I would say, okay, what's the value with the Kraken? Because letdown factor, right? You come off a road trip where you won some games, you're playing well. Now all of a sudden you kind of you relaxed, you're home, you saw the wives, the girlfriends.
1: Knees might be weak. Just saying. Here it's Vegas. They might be up, fired up. Well, even more than that, as as we've talked to Golden Knights players about in the past. You come back off that trip, and it's, I mean, you were insinuating one part about the home life, but also it's, you know, all the. you come back, you have to get the house in order, do, you know, clean, yeah. take out take the trash, all those sorts of you things. think they
2: clean and take the trash out? Sure. Yeah, why not? I don't see Mark Stone taking trash out.
1: God, we got to ask him. Whose job is it around the house to take the trash? I bet you it is. Maybe it's not trash. You know what I mean. You got to do chores. You, gotta, you know whose is? Who? It's the butler's. It's the housekeepers. I don't, I'm saying I don't think he has one. I think he's a normal family guy. Could That's what Could saying. Could be. Uh, but you know, they, and you've been if you've got kids, the wife is like, "Hey, I've had the kids for the last week and a half on the road. You got to take hey, the kids." We, you know who has said that? Jonathan Marches That's true. He come home from the
2: road trip, and he says he wants to sleep, and the kids got him up for first thing in the morning, so that off day is really not an off day.
1: Yeah. So it, it just it goes back to. This has been asked time and time again of yep. of NHL teams of and, and other sports too, but NHL has particularly brutal road trips sometimes. Why are teams so bad in their first game back first from a road trip? trip? And this is this is the answer that the players generally give. That's why we're getting into this right now. But uh, a tough, tough uh, slide or sled for the Golden Knights today as they hit the road against Florida and then Tampa Bay on deck. So not an easy finish to this road trip, just like it was an easy start. But they do have three points out of that trip already. So looking promising. Around the NFL, hires are happening. Jobs are being filled. Mm. Nothing with the Raiders yet, although in the last hour, we have had some significant updates that things might be in action. We'll wheels, in the jungle. Wheels might be turning over in Henderson. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll get caught up on that in just a little bit. But uh, for right now, we see that all the GM jobs are filled, except for the one here in Las Vegas. Coaching jobs are starting to be filled as well. Anything really jump out at you in terms of jobs that were filled? I mean, Nathaniel Hackett goes to the Broncos. I think that's the only one only because of the recent interview that Rodgers
2: did where he
1: was really,
2: you know, gassing Hackett up and really, you know, raving and kudos to him and, you know, he's – blown him up because so now of course it it sort of seems oh well he's going over there oc and okay rogers loved that dude had a good relationship denver needs a quarterback so i mean that's the only thing but whether or not that that fits it's just that's the obvious the obvious thing that stands out i is it just you or me or are some of the guys that are up for some of these positions like normally We're familiar with more, a higher percentage of the names. You may be different. because You may be familiar with these guys because you travel for the RJ. You're on the road. You know me, man. It's like I'm day-to-day freelance. I could be covering one thing for AP, covering another thing for an (laughs) outside paper, but it's always what's taking place here in Las Vegas. And I'm not – it could be Raiders, Golden Knights, and a high school game, and, 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 and UNLV four out of the seven days. She so may be more familiar. I'm just finding it a little odd that some of these head coaching candidates or guys that are getting hired, like I'm like who, and I got to read and figure out who it is, <laughs> and like I'm not familiar with a lot of the the names. It's, it's like there's a new era. It's just like we're seeing the new era of quarterback, the new era of 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 the football players. A lot of guys right we had an announcement of a retirement the official retirement today. Are we seeing a new era of coaching staffs and GMs and the young guys?
1: Um, I mean, yes and no. I think I think yes in the sense that we're not getting a lot of retreads, which has happened before, where a lot of these jobs would be guys that have had jobs before, and now they're getting another job, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy was the coach here. Yeah. Um, that's not really happening, but I think you know, to your point, yeah, I'm immersed in football every day, but also I think anybody that's obsessed with fantasy knows – all these names too because you have to study these offensive systems defensive systems uh quarterback coaches all that sort of thing and you you kind of if you're if you're up on that then you start to know some of the names the gm gm searches are totally different i mean these are guys if you're not in that market you just don't know who they are you're not paying attention Uh, you're not studying these guys until uh they come up on you know on this level and uh, you know some names have surfaced of, of some retread type guys in the GM world but mostly it's it's up-and-comers who you haven't really heard of or or have paid attention to uh, but yeah on the coaching front Dan Quinn was the one that was kind of the the quote-unquote retread of this uh, of this cycle he was interviewing everywhere Dan Quinn had some success obviously with Atlanta had an unbelievable season as an assistant as a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys um, looked like he was in line for a job the Colts is an interesting scenario because the Colts had half of their front office was set on hiring Jim Caldwell, and the other half was set on hiring Dan Quinn, and there was kind of an internal battle. Which one do we go with? Well, then they make a GM hire, and the GM comes in, Ryan Poles, and he's like, "No, neither. We're going with we're going with Matt Eberflus from from the Colts." Like, okay, uh, where did that come from? That was a little bit of a different um, a different twist on it because you know it seemed like. Uh, the powers that be had one out and, and that Dan Quinn was going to go to Atlanta, I mean, to uh, Chicago. He doesn't. And now uh, we'll see how that you know continues to play out with uh, them hiring their coach, Dan Quinn saying, all right, you know what, I'm going back to Dallas. That was what the Cowboys players had wanted. Just like here in Las Vegas where everybody's lobbying for Rich Passaccia, the Cowboys players spent their exit interviews and their exit press conferences Begging Dan Quinn to come back to Dallas and be their defensive coordinator sounds like they have one, and uh, he will do that. So a lot of a lot of little different, pieces. little
2: different, same philosophy, different scenario. Obviously, sure. Begging sure. for a DC to stay, sure. naming of a head coach. Sure. Do you think that the players are, are? Do you think that the defensive guys over here that we interviewed all year that we watched improve over the year that we watched? What was it? Case Hayward was graded out as. The top free agent, whatever it was, right? I yeah. sent that. Do you think that they're lobbying for Gus Bradley?
1: Well, yes, and it's different. Like all scenarios are different. Like we said, this one's particularly different because half the defense came here to play with Gus Bradley. <laughs> half of them were already playing for Gus Bradley and said, "Hey, Elsewhere, you know what? Yeah. Uh, we're going to go there." The guy like Casey Hayward basically came here because Gus Bradley's here. Denzel Perriman KJ, was traded here because uh, because of that same scenario. So. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into what some of the rumors are that are going on with the Raiders and who the potential new coach and GM could be. If that's a package deal, we'll find out uh, what some of the moving pieces are with the Raiders right now and where they stand with their search. And if it's close to coming to an end, all that and more. Steve Cofield coming up a little bit here on Cofield & Company.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you trending at three. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA.
2: Petrangelo floats
3: it left, could not get it to carry it. it's a steal, Svechnikov put it out in front, score! Sebastian
1: Ajo wins it for Carolina with a minute 11 left in overtime.
0: Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield & Company.
1: It is Cofield & Company back here at Silver 7s. You hear some offensive fireworks in that last game, one against the Golden Knights. Yeah, we are about
2: 45 minutes away from puck drop in Davie, Florida. The Panthers, minus 160 it looks like, pretty much across the board. Against Vegas, total six and a half. Adam, which you know in hockey is high, which it sort of dictates, and the maker is telling you it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, for the value, and you, it's not going to be often you're going to get Vegas at plus one forty, 140, plus one forty-five. Uh, so get down here to Silver Sands, come check us out, get some prizes, get a play in at William
1: Hill Sportsbook. Yeah. Well, William Hill Sportsbook. Make sure you open an app, then you can go. You don't have to make your bet. Sit at home, yeah. throw some bets in during the game, live wagering. Uh, yesterday. Was, there was no movement in terms of the Raiders front office or coaching openings, uh, some interviews, some discussions, but not much beyond that. But we did get a little bit of news in Raider land because Carr, not Derek, David from the NFL Network went and did an interview with Colin Cowherd. Now, listen, David Carr speaks for himself. But we know that David Carr speaks for the family. And then when he's going out and speaking, it's to get a message out there for the entire family, for his brother and everyone else. And David Carr is a professional. So I think on its surface, if you read the quotes of what he said, nothing was too earth shattering. But a lot of people did react strongly to this interview because it kind of feels like what David Carr is saying is, Hey, it's not really an audition. Like, it's not really do the Raiders want Derek Carr. Does Derek Carr want to be a part of the Raiders? Like, what are they going to do to make him feel like he wants to be a part of the Raiders? Again, not outwardly like that. He didn't specifically say that. But that was a general reaction to a lot of what David Carr said yesterday. So let's hear a little bit of this, starting uh, with this first clip we have of David Carr with Colin Cowherd yesterday.
0: I thought he had a great year, and he wants Rich... Uh, to be the coach. I totally get that. Um, yeah. But
1: I also worry,
0: David, there's been a lot of interim guys that have worked, some that haven't, some like Wayne Fonts that have been good, not great, Mike Tice, Minnesota, they've been fine. So there is no yeah. absolute here. Derek is so emotional and he was in so many emotional games late. I do worry about falling in love with the proximity of the current coach. And what yeah. if there's somebody out there?
1: Oh, so that was, that was just... Colin, making his case, uh, I thought we were going to get the, some of the answer on there, on there as well, but um, you know, Colin kind of threw it out there and said, hey, listen, everybody wants the interim guy, but we've seen this before. We've seen interim guys that were great, that didn't work, that did work. It's no slam dunk that the interim guy is going to work. And so that's the point that Colin is making, and he throws it over to David for his opinion.
3: Why he picks Rich, why he likes Rich is because he knows who Rich is. Yeah. Rich and him have great conversations, and he, he likes the fact that he was with him through all that chaos, through the nonsense of that last year, and they were able to do something productive. So you can you can take Rich and let him be the figurehead. You can keep Gus, keep a lot of those guys he brought over from the Chargers. All
2: right, let me ask you a question real quick. And just even if you know where I'm going with this, but I want to ask you a question because you were covering this team when they announced that they were coming up here, when they were moving here.
1: Yeah, I used to fly to Oakland three times a week. Who was uh, it was Gruden.
2: So you were never going up there with Del Rio? Uh,
1: I covered a couple of games that season. Because it was just in case. But I was still th- on the Golden Knights beat that that year. My first year on the beat was Gruden's first year.
2: Okay. So, point is is that Derek Carr is about as loyal a guy as you are going to get. Um, through thick or thin, good or bad, the dude he stands by his people, okay? No matter what. When I don't know about when Del Rio was in. I know we uh, It it's kind of funny that we didn't get a chance. None of us remember that day we we when they went to Kobe Washington and there was the one huh. day and we didn't get a chance and nobody asked him. Anyway, um, with John Gruden, that was his guy. Even before the scandal, right? That was his guy. He's been there, biggest supporter. He's been they've had each other's back. Gruden loved him. Hey, car's my guy. And and then after the scandal, Carr. You know, I'm always gonna love coach. Blah 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 blah. We saw how what he talked about with Henry Ruggs after that tragedy, right? R. I. P. T and the Centaur. He he always stands by his person. So with Rich Basaccio, what is he gonna do? Come out and say, eh, let's go find somebody better. He's gonna say, I love Coach, I love Okay, to me, that day after the game, to answer your question, I love Oli, he's doing a great job. He loves everybody. So the fact of the matter is. Mark Davis knows that, and if they bring somebody in that's qualified to take over that team and take over that offense, he's going to feel bad, he's going to stay in touch, he's going to love his former coach, maybe his former coordinators, and then he's going to learn to love the new coach. I'm not saying that any of what he's saying is fake, because that's why I preface in saying he's always been a loyal guy, and he stands by his guys, but... The bottom line is, that's just Derek Carr. He's going to stand by you, but he's also not going to cause waves if they bring somebody. He's not going to say, okay, I'm going. You know what I mean? Where's he going to say, okay, trade me. Send me, you know, because of Rich Versace, because of whatever else, Greg Olson. So I'm I'm just saying, I mean, that's why he's just always going to stand by I mean, and they did go through some wild times this season. The entire group, not just Derek Carr. You know, how about Josh Jacobs? How about the veterans that were brought in? How about the one-time coordinator who turned the defense around, the one-year, you know, first-year coordinator? They all went through something together. So, anyway, that's my take on I just think that Derek Carter, he, he, I believe every word that he said, and I believe that he's loyal to all these guys, and I believe that he, he, he means everything he says. But if they bring someone new in, he's going to learn to love that dude too. Yeah, or
1: be somewhere else and learn to love whoever uh, whoever's the coach there. If they get rid of him, because I don't think he's going to demand to leave. Right. It's just, that's, you know, it's one of the big questions after they fill this GM and coaching position, which could happen in the next couple of hours, a couple of days, that'll be the next one. Well, plenty more Raiders talk as we continue during the program. Uh, One note, as the Golden Knights get ready to take the ice tonight, if you look on the NHL's official roster page, there's a little notation that is missing. There's no longer an IR listed, to ne- listed next to the name of Max Pacioretty. Oh boy. So they'll take the ice for warm-ups in just a couple of minutes. We'll see if he's out there. He is off IR, so he would be eligible to come back and play. We'll find out uh, from some of those reporters on the scene that are checking out the action when the warm-ups begin in just a few minutes. We'll keep you updated on that. But coming up next, very excited to have Cindy Brunson joining us.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company.
1: It is Cofield and Company. Steve Cofield along in a little bit. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez down here at Silver 7s. Come on down, hang out. We had a couple of guys come come by, say hi, grab a t-shirt, some tickets. Willie just loaded up with prizes over there. Can't wait to give stuff away. Uh, so come on down, hang out, and join us. We wish that C- Cindy Brunson was down here with us hanging out, but we do have her on the phone. My good friend I Cindy, how you, are well you? You
4: told it, I'm, I'm bummed. I'm not there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Well, obviously, uh, people uh, remember C- Cindy from ESPN. are uh, on there a long time, and and a lot of work on play by play and uh, on the sidelines, on the broadcast. Now you can see Pac-12 Network, some WNBA, all over the place. Cindy, we see you. Um, how, what are what are you up to like right now? Where can people check out your stuff that you're doing?
4: Uh, right now, I yes, am the second. principal play-by-play voice for Athletes Unlimited, the new professional women's basketball league that launched last night right here in Las Vegas. Yeah. Forty-four of the best players in the world competing for prizes and money and potentially WNBA spots and international league spots. So it's a great. Events uh, come on out to the Sports Center at Las Vegas and check it out. Uh, I'm also Pac-12 women's basketball play-by-play, and for the first time this season, I've done men's basketball play-by-play as well for FS1 and Pac-12 Network. So I just keep grinding.
1: Yeah, I wanted I wanted you to talk about Tunnel a little bit because I didn't I had heard about it. I didn't know all the details. I didn't want to get it wrong, so I appreciate uh, you breaking that down. We have a lot to get into, but I I want to start with this. It's it's a little bit off, I suppose, but we we I think we think of ourselves on this show as very progressive in terms of women in sports and just di- getting different voices involved um, and speaking about sports and discussing it um, and having a platform for a lot of different people with a lot of different viewpoints to to talk about sports. But mm-hmm. I also I also noticed that you know there was a, a big story today with Mina Kimes and Jeff Garcia and Jeff Garcia kind of going after her for you know what right do you have to say anything and. <laughs> uh, like in going through notes, going through notes for the show, my thought was, oh, I really want to hear what what Cindy has to say about this. And then I stopped myself and said, is that fair? Like, hey, you're a woman in sports. There's a woman in sports issue. Talk about it. Like, is that fair of us to do?
4: Absolutely. Look, I walk in the same shoes that Nina does. We are constantly criticized for being women in a quote unquote men's world. Uh, I have been proving myself for the last 25 years that I know what I'm talking about, but I've, in Nina's case, that she has watched enough football, she's been in front offices, she knows the game. Did she play it at an NFL level? No, she did not. But she can break down tape with the best of them. I've seen it. Uh, she calls herself an opinionator, and she is asked on the shows that she participates in on ESPN, to provide opinions, and that's what she does. She never comes on and says, hey, I was a player, and I would have done it like this. No. She just says, after watching hours of film and talking to my colleague here to my left, whoever that might be, we have decided that if the Chicago Bears do X, it's going to have a better outcome than what they're doing now. That's all she does. It's just folks like... Jeff Garcia can't wrap their minds around the fact that the beloved sport he played can be digested by anybody who buys a bra.
1: <laughs> well, and, and I, I mean, like, that is, that's the opinion I share, too. We agree with that. I, I'm just thinking, are we going almost too far to be like, hey, Cindy, you're a woman, woman in sports. You talk about this woman in sports issue today.
4: No, I don't think that's too fair at all. I, I mean, I'm happy to carry that flag. I've done it my entire professional life. Um, but what'll be interesting is then, you know, when this next generation of folks come through with enlightened hosts like you and Willie, it's, are we going to finally be at a place where we don't have to give Jeff Garcia any more oxygen? You know, that's, that's the goal, but we're a a long ways away from that.
2: (laughs) Well, Cindy, my dear friend, I have to, um, we have to t- we have to touch on last night. I mean, you know, I don't know how 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 many how long it's been that we've been going back and forth and saying that we couldn't wait to be in the same arena and reporting at the same <laughs> time together, especially with women's basketball. But here we are. I, 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 well, I should say, you know, we we run into each other during the Pac-12 tournament here in Las Vegas every March. But um, mm-hmm. last night, I have to tell you, so I'm watching the first quarter of the first game, and it got off a little slow a little stagnant but that's to be expected there was the opening ceremonies and whatnot but when these ladies got going it was like watching a WNBA game and that second game was a marathon talk i mean let, let's just start with the talent you talked about 44 players 44 of the best women players in the world we're talking about potential WNBA first timers um ex mm-hmm. players some still there that didn't want to go overseas, and some um, just women's basketball players. Um, What did you think of the first night in terms of the action and how sharp some of these ladies were once they got the jitters out in that first game?
4: I thought it was excellent. Uh, Shout out to Team Russell and to Team Carrington wearing orange and purple respectively yesterday, walking away with victories on the first day of competition in Athletes Unlimited. And shout-out to Lexi Brown, who scored the first bucket in league history. That will be a trivia note down the road. Uh, I thought it was excellent. I mean, for all the jitters, I think, that all of us associated with the broadcast and the launch and, and the league itself in this enterprise, we were all nervous. Like, how is this going to look? How is it going to play? But it was what we hoped it would be, elite basketball. And these women not only get a chance to get in shape for the WNBA without having to go overseas if that's what they want to do, or just hoop for five weeks and make some extra bank and help their charities along the way, or impress international scouts, or perhaps coaching with our facilitator option. We have four facilitators. One was just hired by the Washington Districts this morning and Coach Patterson. So there's all kinds of opportunities for everybody associated with this league, and I think that's the best part of it. We're not just X's and O's. It's not just buckets. It's points. It's leaderboards. There's so much going on. It's so exciting, and I think day one was a big win.
2: And so and explain to the to the listeners, so what they don't realize, there's no coaches. There are team captains. And, and at mm-hmm. the end of the week, these leaderboards, Cindy spoke of, The four leaders become captains, and then they choose new teams among the 44 players. So you you could be on the same team, you could be on separate teams for five weeks. They're not only accumulating team wins, which result in points for each player, but they're trying to get player points. There's one overall winner at the end, but they're playing for charities. Um, And then there are, as you said, there's the team captain. It's named after Team Russell, Team Carrington. Um, You know, there's four captains right now. And then the facilitator. Explain a little bit in detail how these points are working, what they're going to or what they're playing for, and the facilitator's role?
4: Sure. You did a great job explaining a lot of that, Willie. <laughs> I don't have very much to do. Um, the facilitators are there to help with the macro because the team captains have never been coaches. They've been players, and they get to focus on the micro as a player, right? You know, you're responsible for player X on defense. You need to do this offensively. So it's a great leadership opportunity for the folks that do get invited to be captain, to earn that right to be captain, because they become a coach and get to where that coach is at. But because they've never done it before, they need an assist, and that's what the facilitator is there for, for the macro. It was interesting last night, a timeout was called uh, for Team Carrington, and um, the facilitator, Coach Patterson, she was just in coach mode, called the timeout like she would normally do. And DGNA said, no, 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 I don't want a timeout right now. And they took the timeout off the board. It was, it was really unique. Um, so that's the facilitator relationship. The captain relationship is interesting because as this week goes on, and we have different captains weekly. You'll see the composition of the teams change. I had a great conversation with Clannette Pearson this morning. And she says that the players where you would think it would be statistics dominated, who can get buckets, because they have to spend so much time together, character is the number one component that team captains look for. And then they fill out the roster from there. Because you got to spend a week trying to beat everybody else with, you know, 10 other individuals, and you want them to be the right one. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah.
1: And then I mean, the it... points,
4: you get points all over the place. Um, You know, points for scoring a three, points for scoring a two, points for a steal, points for a rebound. Everything um, is based on five years of analytical um, outreach and analyzation from pro basketball all over the world. And, you know, analytics drives everything these days. And so they have put a point value on what really breaks down wins and losses for teams. And yeah. so that's how players earn points, and then you earn points as teams. You can earn, you know, fifty points a quarter, a hundred points for a win, and all of that uh, shakes out at the end of the day. And then captains are chosen the next week.
2: And I, I believe Lexi Brown ended the the night with the most points, but I thought one of the most uh, you mentioned. Oh wait. Car- no, you I mentioned- think
4: it was Natasha Cloud actually. Oh, did she? I mean, did
2: yeah. she? Did she overtake? Yeah, her? Natasha okay, so Cloud. Did.
4: Because of the team wins by the Oh, because,
2: the okay, yes. yeah, yeah, had... Team
4: Carrington, yeah, had one, yeah. It's it's still new and it's a little um, different. It's a lot more to take in than you normally do. Like who was the high score? Who won? That's our uh, right. baseline. Um, yep. but this just adds another element for the players to, you know, raise their value in the league and raise the opportunity to not only increase their money that they take away from Las Vegas, but they're money that they can contribute to charity as well.
2: Right. And so as Lexi and Natasha were the stars of their teams, I thought one of the – you talked about character and being a team player. I thought Taj Cole was amazing in, in the first game. Um, so He was fantastic. Yeah. There, there, it was – it's very – it's and, and the thing is is – if you don't get caught up in the whole leaderboard, the part with playing for the point, the individual, and you just go in and you love basketball. It is so worth taking it in, going down, see, going, coming down to to, to the um, Athletes Unlimited Arena down there on Sunset in Las Vegas Boulevard. I mean, and you because you're going to see, as Cindy said, forty-four of the best players. You're going to see, a, you know, WNBA champ. I mean, Natasha Clouds out there, former Aces, mm-hmm. uh, Ty Young, and 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 Sid Colson and um, so and there's some they really good. She looked great
4: insp- last night.
2: So, yeah, she looked fantastic. And and there's some talk about some inspirational stories. I've already written three for the for the league itself. So I'm looking forward to more feature stories. But talk about good basketball! Wow, um, coming up this season, the Las Vegas Aces with someone I know you're well familiarized with taking over the program in Becky Hammond. Uh, just your thoughts when you heard that?
4: I was so excited for Becky. She has. Been deserving of an opportunity to be in that first chair for a long time, and I'm so glad that the Aces presented that opportunity to her. Uh, I had a feeling when she was back in town to have her jersey retired that some sort of recruiting was going on (laughs) behind the scenes. Uh, I don't know all the details, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it went down. I mean, that's just a great get, period, end of story. The more former players in the W that we have coaching in the league is – is just better for everybody.
2: Yeah. And, and, I'd Willie, that, are you
4: ready yeah. for, you know, something shocking here? Uh oh. This, this is what I hope. Okay. I hope Becky decides as she looks at her roster that she does not need Liz Campbell.
2: Oh, I, I, I. I shop that, shop no. that
4: talent elsewhere. I <laughs> no. think the aces would be better without Liz than with her.
2: Mainly because of possible, dis- I mean, it, the distraction that it could be and become. Because I think that they, I think that the Aces, more than anything, we've talked about year after year as they built this program, um, that they look like a championship team. I think they now have a championship mm-hmm. coach. All due respect to Bill Embir, but after what he said yeah. in the postgame press conference after they were eliminated by the Mercury, I was one of the first ones to say, well. His time is up as a coach. I just feel like he's burnt, and the ladies didn't receive that well. I looked at the look on Chelsea's gray face and uh, Chelsea Gray's face in the live Zoom, and I was like, "Eh, that's not gonna work." Becky Hammond will work great, and slowly but surely. This steam picked up, and here she is. But Cindy, um, we're up against it. I really appreciate you responding yesterday and saying you would come aboard. I can't wait to see you tomorrow night. Check out Cindy and Cheryl Swoops on the. If you can't uh, get down there, listen to them. They're the uh, Athletes Unlimited. Check them out on um, Twitter. They, they on put Fox the link Sports. up Fox Sports tomorrow. Okay, because it's because it's all over. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was on YouTube and CBS Sports. So yeah, uh, follow Cindy on Twitter. Uh, tell them where they can find you, Cindy. Is just uh, your name?
4: Cindy Brunson, A-Z.
2: Cindy Brunson, A-Z. Cindy, thank you so much. I'll see you tomorrow.
4: Thanks,
1: Adam. Thanks, Willie. <laughs> thank you. Wonderful stuff. Awesome. Awesome to hear from Cindy Brunson here on, on the show and check out uh, all of that great action all over the internet, as Steve said, and or, as Willie said, and all over the television as well. I will come back. Somebody else who is all over the place. Xavier Pope joins us in just a minute. 22-ounce Bud Light, Budweiser, or Michelob Ultra, plus two hot dogs and two bags
0: of chips, all for just $7.77 at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino.
2: I think Brian Poles is young, and he wanted to work together uh, with somebody else who is young. Eberflus is a guy that he really liked, that the Bears really liked. I think he was the first candidate to go interview for that job for a second time, and Bears made the decision to hire Matt Eberflus as their head coach. He takes over with Ryan Poles, and
0: there
1: is your new brain trust in Chicago.
0: Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s
1: with Cofield and Company. It is back inside Silver 7s, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Cofield, the company. Steve Cofield will be along in just a few minutes uh, but we don't need steve because we've got our good friend who knows a little bit about everything xavier pope joining us on the program how you doing sir pretty good how are you uh, i'm good are you okay up in chicago with the decisions uh, that the organization has made in terms of general manager and coach i
3: mean as far as general manager uh you know ryan poles um uh, work you know he deserves the, the gig i mean helping uh, a championship franchise is no small thing and so uh he deserved that shot um to, to occupy that seat now um the bear's choice in my opinion was pretty underwhelming no one was really talking about uh, that new guy uh as a hot uh, candidate um but um there's you know familiarity with with him um and but we, the Bears have a young quarterback in Justin Fields who needs to be developed and needs to be remain healthy, and the Bears need to be able to see who they have uh, behind center. And so, um, the, the thought maybe um would there be an offensive coach to be able to develop him? So there's questions around that, and also on whether the Bears would go ahead uh, and and with the they hired a coach that reminded them of Lovey Smith, who they once had was an African American coach. Why didn't they bring along an African American coach to match with an African American quarterback and a general manager? That would have been, you know, a pretty historic thing they would have done. So, a uh, surprising pick, not blown away by it, but I think some of the next personnel decisions that the Bears make will be critical in terms of where they go uh, next as a franchise of National Football League.
1: So I feel like at least on the surface, the you know the attention has been there on, you know, lack of diversity in the league and especially in uh, management positions. We've talked about it more. It's been out there more. Has the league done a better job this cycle of exploring new, you know, avenues toward, you know, having more minorities open to the process? We keep
3: hearing about the interviews. <laughs> That's what teams are supposed to do on the Rooney Rule. Right. Uh, where are the hires uh, because I don't see them. I see all these different names popping up. Um, And we see Mike Tomlin sitting there very lonely at the table of opportunities for um, black coaches. So that needs to happen. Uh, And it needs to happen fast because right now I'm just not seeing the wave of black coaches being hired. See them interviewed, but not hired for the jobs.
1: Uh, We have basically banned baseball talk on the show and especially Hall of Fame talk. It's just it's so ridiculous. And the, the Hall of Fame has gone one step. The voters have gone one step too far to me. Listen, I, I you can feel how you want to feel about Barry Bonds and leave him out for cheating if you think that that's what happened. But how are you letting David Ortiz in? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, what were your thoughts on the voting process of the Hall of Fame?
3: Well, the, the Baseball Writers Association thinks they're above the game of baseball, on um, number one. Um, they know it, and they don't care. <laughs> um, that's number number two. uh, the basically baseball um, when they um, had their television broadcast contracts go from the hundreds of millions to the billions um, within a short amount of span after the home run that they got from steroids, um, they didn't give those back. Um, but yes, the same league uh, is keeping out um, a museum. That's what a, that's what a Hall of Fame essentially is, and it tells the story of what happened in the sport. Um, and a, a league that now wants to tell the story about the Negro Leagues and appropriate those statistics um, after keeping those players out is the same league that's keeping out players that benefited. Um, so this one part of history you want to bring in that it really wasn't part of your history, but you want to keep out a part that actually was a part of your history. Um, a lot of hypocrisy by Major League Baseball, in my opinion. Um, tell the story of the steroid era, or give the money
1: back. <laughs> that is the voice of Xavier Pope. You can follow him on Twitter, at Xavier Pope. It's E-X-A-V-I-E-R. Pope, check out Suit Up News. It's always uh, a great recap of everything that's going on in a, in a very digestible space, I'll say that. I think that's a, um, a very, very quality uh, program to check out, so make sure you go check out uh, Suit Up News with Xavier and follow him on Twitter as well for all the thoughts uh, that he has uh, I, I did want to get your thoughts on Joe Rogan now is the determiner of who's black, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Joe Rogan is also the determining factor of what science uh, should be followed <laughs> and uh, also um, a variety of different things. He has 11 million people who listen to him. And uh, he was talking about Michael Eric Dyson and, and the, the, the relative – color that he had um his his daughter full disclosure My should i sound we went to high school together um so i i think this is just ridiculous and i think that the fact that spotify chose joe rogan over neil young uh it just goes to show you that it's all about the money um and that's what's driving this engagement and we we're giving the voices to the loudest dumbest people (laughs) and um it was great to see people swallow whole uh worms and and bugs um but i think that's as far as joe rogan's uh, capabilities i think as a media person instead of spreading terrible things about science and determining who's black or not
1: would you go on fear factor hell
3: no no i i thought always thought the people that went on fear factor were, were idiots um, and but uh, I was happy to watch them do it, I was entertained by it. And I thought that Joe Rogan was an amazing host. He was really good at that. He's also been good at some of his MMA coverage as well. But I think a lot of the demographics and some of the politics of that crowd is carried on with him. And they're the basis for some of the disinformation that's being shared and um, the triggered part of America that he represents.
1: I would not I would also not go on Fear of fact I don't think I can get through the first round I think that would be uh, very difficult. I, I've seen some discussion uh, from many different places but certainly uh, on your timeline and uh, some thoughts I've seen shared about what the future of the workplace looks like because I, I have asked this question should should workers I mean in, in places where you don't have to be in the office should we ever go back to offices?
3: You know how? I – I mean, and you clearly a lot of people agree with me because the tweet is remote for 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 almost 2 years ain't nobody trying to work in an office ever again and deal with microaggression, shady ass coworkers, the person who who wants to stand at your desk and gossip in our office <laughs> politics and commuting in the cold. Nope. That's the tweet. That's over a million engagements, 34 almost 34 35,000 likes, uh almost 8,000 retweets now. Clearly a lot of people are in agreement with this. Uh, There is no reason if you have a workplace that is making you less productive, that's making you less happy, that's giving you less flexibility uh, and only contributes to a lot of different things that happen in society and some of the workplace environment and smelling someone's yucky fish out of the microwave (laughs) to be in a space like that ever again.
1: (laughs) Willie, I think you're you're nodding along. You're 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 not going you don't I mean, you don't have an office anyway.
2: I don't have an office and i certainly would never go to the lake or the river to go fishing for yucky fish (laughs) maybe trout or a largemouth bass but i agree i think one of the best things that's come from the pandemic if there's one thing is what it's taught people is how the hell to become independent and you know either fend for yourself work for yourself um pursue some dreams or figure out how to how to work away from from the office and and you know, you 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 said, Xavier, um, in terms of, you know, two to three hours of this and in and, and, and a place that you don't want to go. But, man, can you imagine how much mental health could improve of not having to go into an abusive environment and and then become more productive? I, I'm 100 percent on board.
3: Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, I think about women who don't ever have to worry about whether Tom from a county um, is hitting on them or not. <laughs> uh, you, you don't. Have to worry about some of the um, microaggressions that are faced um, in in a white patriarchal society for people of color, and so um, that happens in those different environments. Um, so those are things that um, are, are are contributing to mental health, and then also the two three times two, two three hours that you're spending in commuting, you you can exercise, you can meditate, you can go to a yoga class, you can you can journal, you can sleep longer. I mean, these are things. That are making that's making people's lives better, and they're using it for the better, uh, and they're making their lives better, and they're choosing the type of life that they want to live. Okay, and what's important to me, and how do I make those things critical to how I live my daily life?
1: Yeah, uh, the one thing I did that actually I was completely on your side, hundred percent, and then you started explaining it, and I one thing popped in my head. This could be crazy, but there are people, and I, I've worked around them that were so sheltered their whole life. They were only around people like them, you know, in an office place where, you know, you have a, a white guy who's only been around white people his whole life. And like the, the only exposure they've had to anybody of a different background has been in an office. And, and occasionally you get that, hey, like I, I've, I'm now comfortable or I, I've learned a little bit of something. I've explored, you know, that socialization aspect. Like, is there anything to that that we could possibly look at as, as maybe a benefit of going back to work?
3: I, I think that's a really great uh, point because we also see in this polarizing society, it's becoming more polarized because we have various communities are not mixing with one another in terms of physical spaces. They're not sharing them, unless they're a Walmart or a Target. And then some of these different issues are clashing in the public sphere. So there is something to be said about people sharing physical space with each other. And um, I think that we should design those spaces for people to do that. Um, not make them have to do that in the confines of work. they don't have to. I think that people should be able to make their lives what they want it to be and then choose how they want to engage and interact with each other. The key point is making sure that we are teaching people to be decent people in the meta spaces because that's where a lot of our our communications about how we should treat each other are now happening. And so if we have social media platforms that are ever the proper police, there's terms of, the terms of service agreements. If we can de be platform clowns that, be able, that share misinformation, that's where we need to put our intention on instead of making people have to do it.
1: Sure. We always run out of time, so many topics to talk to you about, but- did this this story really happen? Did somebody did somebody leave leftovers <laughs> at your house and then de- demand later down the road a cash app equivalent for the uh, refund on the leftovers?
3: Yeah, oh my God. It was a tweet um, about <laughs> oh, what's the worst date you had with a woman and so many hilarious responses were on that timeline and quote tweets and someone talked about um, asking to be cash app for uh, a leftover and I had that in a date where I went out with a woman and she had two pints of ice cream because the ice cream date she brought something later she left them and they were in my refrigerator um, for like a month and we didn't see each other and then you know I'm vegan There, and so I had non-dairy ice cream at the, the place I ate my ice cream but she demanded later for me to pay for this ice cream because I <laughs> threw it out I didn't see her um, and I said um, that's odd uh, of course I would throw it out after a month I would have saved it I'm um, never seeing you again. So, um, <laughs> I, we all had a lot of adventurous dating experiences, and that's a great timeline um, to check a few of those out. But it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely not go out it again.
1: Check that out. Check that out. Lots of a lot, a very eclectic timeline for Xavier Pofalm at EXA V I E R Pope. And uh, where can people check out mm-hmm. Suit Up News?
3: Uh suit up news space uh, uh suit up video every day, uh every week actually on the t- Xavier Pub Timeline. And then suit up news spaces um with tw- Twitter spaces. Um that's Tuesday and Thursdays, 8 p.m. uh eastern, 7 p.m. central. About to hop on there in the next hour.
1: So uh awesome.
3: let me soon.
1: Go check that out, everybody. We really appreciate the time. As always, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Later. There you go. Great stuff from Xavier as always. Some developments with the Golden Knights as they get ready to take the ice. We'll get to that next. And Steve Cofield joins the program.
0: Enjoy Bud Light, Budweiser, and Michelob Ultra for just 77 cents during all NFL games. Get the William Hill Racing and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino.